0: Is good, everyone, and welcome back to the Mail Media Network. My name is Griffin Swanson, and I'm here to break down the DraftKings Monday night showdown slate between the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Got some prize picks for you here today, and we're going to dive into that spreadsheet. But before we do that, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button to the Mail Media Network. Don't want to miss out on any of the content that they're posting, they got football content coming out. Monday through Sunday certainly don't want to miss out on any of that and they're tackling multiple sports on top of that as well so content is coming out all the time and for you podcast people head on over to the Apple pods as well you can find the content there and leave a five-star review while you're at it now I do want to kick off the video here today with a couple of prize picks for this Monday night showdown slate for those of you who are not familiar with prize picks head on over to their website PrizePicks.com. if you haven't signed up yet you can use code mmn upon sign up for up to a 100 match deposit you don't have to put 100 bucks in either you want to put in 50 they'll match that you want to put in 20 they'll match that as well and the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to play a single contest to get that match deposit as soon as you put your money in prize picks will match that again it's completely free money just use code mmn upon sign up. Now, I'm over on the prizepicks.com website now. As you can see, a number of different sports that we can play here. They got the NFL second half, just an NFL main slate, first half, defense, futures, all types of different things that you can put your money on. Tonight we're going to be focusing on the Monday Night Football slate here. So let's scroll down towards the bottom and I got two different picks that I like for you guys here and they're relatively the same. I'm going to go with the top two wide receivers for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm taking a look at these numbers here and wondering why they're so damn low. Both these guys coming in below 40 yards. So the first one there is going to be Henry Ruggs over 34 and a half receiving yards. This guy legit could hit the over here with one simple play. We know that burst of speed that he has, he can catch the deep ball. We saw it a few times last year, obviously he did kind of struggle throughout his rookie season, but we saw it even more so when he was at Alabama. I think he will take that next step this year. I'm going to talk about it in the spreadsheet, but Gruden does not want this guy to be a slouch. They drafted hit him over C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, and so they want to get him involved as the number one wide receiver. Yes, Darren Waller is still there, but uh, his prop is a little too heavy. If you look down below here at 70 receiving yards, he by all means could hit the over there as well, uh, but just shocked at how low it is for both of these wide receivers. So I'm going to take the over there for Henry Ruggs. I'm looking on number fire, I'm looking at PFF the projections. PFF has Ruggs here at 52.3 receiving yards, and number fire here has him at 58 receiving yards, so I'm going to take the over here for sure. And then the other guy on the other side of the ball there is Brian Edwards, the number two wide receiver in this offense. A lot of hype with this guy here during the preseason. John Gruden loves him, and 38.5 just seems a bit too low as well. I don't know if he's going to have that one play ability like Ruggs does to hit the over here, but assuming he can see five targets in this game or even more, he should be able to hit the over. Again, taking a look here on NumberFire and PFF, PFF has him at 46.5 receiving yards, and NumberFire here has him at 45.59. So again, both these websites really like where these guys are at. Uh, Like I said, I was just shocked that it was below 40 yards. So I'm gonna take the over on both of these guys here. And you can approach this two different ways, and the nice thing is, is PrizePix is now allowing same-gay parlays. So you can just play this one game if you want to. Now, you can approach this from a flex play perspective or power play perspective. If I'm going with two picks, I typically just go the power play route. But the flex play, you do get a little more room for error. And you can pick up to five picks if you wanted to here as well. For example, let's just pick a few extra guys here. I am not advocating for these ones. We'll just hammer the over on those. Taking the under is never fun. Uh, But in any case there you can see we got five total and that is gonna be the payouts as well. If you go five for five, you get 10X. So you wanna put a hundred bucks on this, it's a thousand dollar payout. Now again, if you use that code MMN upon sign-up, you get up to a $100 match deposit, completely free money. Maybe you do that here on Monday night, or you maybe play it a little more conservatively, go with $10 there. $100 payout is still pretty nice as well. But the two picks that I like, just to recap here, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. I'm going to take the over for both of those guys. Again, just shocked that it was below 40 yards. Take the flex play, take the power play, whatever you want to do, just make sure you use that code MMN upon sign-up. But, all right, folks, let's dive into this spreadsheet here now and break down my favorite captain plays and flex plays for this Monday night showdown. So, diving into the spreadsheet here, as always, going to go over the Vegas odds first. Take a look here in the top left hand corner. Ravens sitting really nice at minus 235 on the money line on the road against the Raiders here, who are at plus 190. And then we got an over under there of 50 points as well. Based off of that, looks like there's some shootout potential in this game here. And then right below that, we have some showdown stats from 2020 as well. quick stats that I want to go through here quickly that I felt were relevant to share when it comes to building your showdown lineups so let me move my head out of the way here gonna go through these pretty quickly like I said stat number one 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback and of the top 1% lineups from last year 96% of them had at least one QB as well number two 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain and of the top 1% lineups 31.4% had a wide receiver there as well that led all positions when it came to captain production. Number three, 57% of the top 1% lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win, so in this case, the Baltimore Ravens. Number four, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a QB, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work out. Only 1.1% of the time, in the top 1% lineups last year. And number six, which you probably can't see there because my fat head is in the way, don't play more than two kickers or defense in the same lineup. Usually one is fine. You see, I don't have the defenses listed here. They're both a bit too suspect for me in week one. I guess if I had to just pick one, it would be the Ravens, considering they're heavy favorites there at minus 235 on the money line. But with Marcus Peters going down last week with an ACL tear, uh, it's certainly going to make them weaker on the back end. I just don't know if I want to go there, especially with an over-under of 50 points, but I do like both the kickers, Justin Tucker and Daniel Carlson. I'll highlight both of them as a flex play here today, Uh, but again number six there don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup Uh, that usually doesn't work out for many people but all right let's dive into my favorite plays here as always going to kick it off with the captains for those of you who are new to this video I always list out a captain from both sides of this game it doesn't matter if the Ravens are minus 2,000 on the money line I'm still going to highlight someone from the Raiders so do that going forward just keep that in mind we're gonna kick it off here with Lamar Jackson though who's probably going to be a very very chalky play probably the most popular play here on this monday night showdown slate i understand that but if you don't play lamar you might just get burned as well so if you're looking to go major contrarian in the millie maker maybe one way to do that is fading lamar i just don't have the stones to do that because this guy could realistically put up 30 40 DraftKings points and if he does that here on monday night it will end up burning you now the biggest thing for me here i like lamar no matter what but They lost their top three running backs to knee injuries during the preseason. Just awful scenario for those guys. They do have Tyson Williams, who's supposed to be the number one running back for the Ravens on Monday night. They signed Latavius Murray, got Lev Bell, Devontae Freeman. (laughs) Just funny even saying that all three of those guys are on the same team now. But how much can we really trust Williams here on Monday night? I mean, he was the number four running back on the depth chart before those other three guys got injured I mean how good is he really going to be I know there's a lot of hype out there as well he could be a chalky play on Monday night and if that's the case I definitely don't want to touch him in my lineups people are saying oh he could be this year's James Robinson I'm not buying it look you don't sign Latavius Lev Bell and Devonte Freeman or at least put them on your practice squad if this guy's legit so I'm not going to go there I don't have any of the running backs listed in the spreadsheet here for the Ravens I think once they get down to the red zone and the goal line it's going to be the Lamar Jackson show if He's not throwing the ball. He's probably running it himself, which is why, even though he's going to be chalky, I'm okay with going with him in my captain spot. Now, if you do wanna get a little more contrarian at the captain spot, I believe that Henry Ruggs offers that. Darren Waller is by far gonna be the most chalky play for the Raiders. So yeah, you could put him in the captain spot if you wanted to, but I think Ruggs offers some nice upside. It's only a second year, and I understand he didn't have a great rookie season, but he does have that game-breaking ability, right? We saw it a bunch with him at Alabama. We saw it a couple times last year as well. He caught a couple deep balls, scored two touchdowns, and so the upside is definitely there. Realistically, it only takes them to get four catches, 100 yards, and score a couple touchdowns to really meet value, especially at that price tag in the captain spot. So he is listed as the number one wide receiver this year. Uh, John Gruden wants this guy to shine because they drafted him above Judy and C.D. Lamb last year. So they want to prove that, hey, Ruggs is definitely a game breaker, which is why I kind of like him here. And again, you know, we had Marcus Peters go down with that injury last week. I can imagine that Peters probably would have saw a, hen- a lot of Henry Ruggs in this game. Yes, Marlon Humphrey is definitely still there, and he's a solid cornerback. I-, I don't believe he's going to shadow Rugs in this match up though the priority is definitely stopping Darren Waller so again kind of going with that game-breaking ability here with rugs certainly has the capability to do that if it turns into a shootout all the better of putting him in your captain spot. Now moving on down here to my favorite flex plays, just name drop Darren Waller. Like I said, he's going to be the most popular play for the Raiders in this game, but I still like him. He's got a great matchup here against Chuck Clark, uh, their safety for the Baltimore Ravens. He's got a 25% matchup advantage per PFF and honestly, Darren Waller probably has an advantage against most linebackers and safeties in the NFL. He's a top tier tight end right up there with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I'd put him at number three of those three, but man, is this guy talented and a great story behind him as well I'm not going to get into that but I really root for this guy and he's just come on shown the talent that he has here over the past couple of years so even though he's going to be chalky I don't mind putting him in a flex spot and you can definitely go there in the captain spot as well and that is quarterback Derek Carr I, I really like him in this situation as well you could even put Carr in the captain spot if you wanted to he's got quite a few weapons to throw the ball around to this year Brian Edwards Henry Ruggs Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro in the slot so maybe it's one of those games where Carr does go for 300 yards throws three touchdowns and kind of spreads the love out a little bit the Raiders O-line does have a 25% matchup advantage against the Ravens defensive line as well so it looks like Carr should have time to throw the ball in the pocket the next pick I got here then is Marquise Hollywood Brown is this going to be the year that he breaks out we saw signs of it during his rookie year but then last year he had that sophomore slump I'm hoping he can rebound this year but just like Henry Ruggs he has that game-breaking ability like him at this price tag here $7,600 he can really score a touchdown at any point in this game, and again, the running back situation for the Ravens is very sketchy right now. If Lamar's not running the ball, it, he's probably trying to throw it 30, 40-plus times in this game. Not the ideal scenario for the Ravens. I guess there are a lot of question marks and how they're going to run this offense now that the running backs have been so beat up, or three of them tore their damn ACL. Uh, but Marquise Brown, again, what it comes down to for me is that game-breaking ability. Uh, we saw it week one of his rookie year against the Miami Dolphins it doesn't take much for him to have a big game. So I'm hoping he can bounce back from that sophomore slump. If you go with Lamar Jackson as a captain, you're probably going to want to pair him up with a couple of pass catchers. You notice I didn't list Mark Andrews in here. That doesn't mean that I don't like Mark Andrews. I just don't necessarily love the situation here. I'll talk about that here in just a second. But to wrap up Marquise Brown, again, it's, it's a subpar secondary for the Raiders. He's got that game-breaking ability, and it makes sense to stack him up with Lamar Jackson. Alright, so I can't leave you with a cliffhanger there. The reason I don't have Mark Andrews listed in this spreadsheet is because I just don't love the matchup against K.J. Wright. Uh, PFF has actually given Andrews a minus 3% advantage or a 3% advantage to K.J. Wright in this matchup, if you will, Um, and I think Mark Andrews is going to be one of the most popular plays on this slate here. So considering that, I kind of pivoted away from Andrews and went with the wide receivers here, Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins to stack up with Lamar Jackson. Uh, But again, no hate towards Mark Andrews. I'm gonna roster him plenty this year. I just didn't love the scenario that he was in, especially considering he's probably gonna be very chalky on Monday night. We then got Kenyon Drake there. I did opt to go with him over Josh Jacobs just due to the game script narrative here that I'm kind of foreseeing. You know, the Baltimore Ravens are at minus 235, should be playing with a lead and if that's the case then the Raiders are going to want to throw a little bit more and Kenya Drake is definitely the pass catching back in this offense I don't know what we're going to see when it comes to carries but they paid this guy solid money so I have to assume that he's going to touch the ball a little bit on the ground as well they get down to the goal line that is going to be Josh Jacobs so that is the one downside here going with Drake but definitely has that pass catching upside like I said I'm kind of rolling with the narrative here that the Raiders are playing from behind need to play catch up and he's going to be the third down guy as well. Like I said, more pass catching upside there, which is great in PPR, especially at that price tag there, a $7,200. Then we got the other wide receiver there for the Las Vegas Raiders, Brian Edwards. This dude has been hyped up all camp long. John Gruden had some wild comparisons for him. I think he compared him to Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and T.O. all at the same time. I don't think we're going to see that from Brian Edwards in this game here, but at $5,600, he is a big-body guy, 6'3", 212 pounds, and I think they want to use him in the red zone. So again, you know, if you go with someone like Derek Carr in the captain spot or just play Derek Carr in the flex, you're probably going to want to pair him up with a pass catcher or two, and Brian Edwards by all means makes sense, especially at that price tag there. Again, there's a little bit of uncertainty in this secondary. Marlon Humphrey is still a solid cornerback, but no Marcus Peters. Interested to see how those other guys handle the work. Uh, Jimmy Smith there as well, uh, but I don't even know if he's starting right now for the Ravens. So, Edwards here for me, it was kind of the the size of him, right? You know, those big guys are always targeted in the red zone. Henry Ruggs is certainly not that guy. Darren Waller is, but if you're the Baltimore Ravens, your game plan this week is probably how do we show this guy down let him feed rugs let him feed edwards let him feed renfro we don't care about that as long as we shut down waller that is priority number one so if you want to pivot away from waller a little bit i think brian edwards by all means makes sense especially at that low price tag there of 5600 dollars. now we all know the story here with this next guy sammy Watkins. if he's gonna have a blow-up game it's probably coming within the first few weeks of the nfl season before he ultimately probably gets injured and i hate to even say it like that but that has been the case here over the past few years, and he's already been banged up in preseason. I hope he can stay healthy all season, especially considering just the issues and the injuries that they've had on the running back side of things. I think the Ravens are going to throw the ball a little bit more than anybody anticipated this year. Again, Lamar Jackson, obviously a freak when it comes to running the ball, uh, but if you're the Raiders here, you're going, how do we stop Lamar from running? Make him throw the ball. Uh, He's still going to get his. Don't worry about that, but Sammy Watkins, I do like him here. Love the matchup against this Raiders secondary. They're just not very Good, yeah. They did bring in Casey Hayward, but he's 32 years old, and I'm just not sold on him much anymore. So I love the matchup. I love the price tag here. And again, we've seen Sammy Watkins have those blow-up games. We saw it with the Chiefs. Maybe that happens here as well. Especially considering we might see the Ravens throw the ball more on Monday night. And then we got those two kickers there: Justin Tucker and Daniel Carlson. First, Justin Tucker for the Baltimore Ravens, one of if not the best kicker in the NFL, average 8.8 DraftKings points in 2020 look he's doing that out in Baltimore where the weather is not always that great especially towards the end of the season we've seen some really nasty stuff out there it rains heavy it snows certainly not ideal scenarios if you're a kicker however we don't need to worry about that here on Monday they are playing indoors this is a guy who can hit from 50 yards out and a guy who has 15 point upside as well now I'm not suggesting that he's going to get that here on Monday night but that's kind of the ceiling for him around 15-16 DraftKings points which would be phenomenal at $4,000 $4,000 there. Again, you probably don't want to get too carried away playing too many kickers and defenses in your lineup, uh, but if you think this game maybe is a little lower scoring, you could definitely go with one of these guys as well. Leading into Daniel Carlson, averaged 9.7 DraftKings points last year with upside of 15 DraftKings points as well. Very similar to Tucker in that sense. He made 33 of 35 field goals last year. You know, he, he was actually drafted by the Minnesota Vikings initially. Mike Zimmer just has a thing with kickers where if you don't shine, Right away, you're getting cut. We saw that with Daniel Carlson gets picked up by the Raiders, and he's been great ever since. You know, 33 out of 35 is very good. He can hit from 50 yards out as well. You can see they're 94.3% in hitting field goals last year. Uh, So again, uh, you know, I don't want to get too carried away with the kickers and defenses, uh, but a $3,600 here for a guy who averaged damn near 10 DraftKings points per game last year. Not bad at all. And then wrapping it up there with Hunter Renfro, another wide receiver for the Raiders. Look, I probably wouldn't have him on my spreadsheet here if he was in the 4K range, even the high 3K range, but at $2,800 here, it was really hard to ignore. He is the number three wide receiver playing out of the slot and number four pass catcher behind Darren Waller, but this is just way too cheap. It does not take much for him to hit pay dirt. We saw him get double digit DraftKings points in four games last year with a ceiling of around 20 points. If he can get you double digits or even close to 20 DraftKings points he's going to smash his value. Now I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen obviously it only happened four times last year Uh, but again it just kind of stuck out to me as why is this guy so cheap maybe there's something that DraftKings knows that I don't know but he seems healthy he's clearly the slot receiver in this matchup. We heard rumor during the preseason that he was burning Jalen Ramsey out of the slot. Ramsey doesn't play in the slot I think they're just trying to make him a shadow cornerback that can play anywhere but uh, need Needless to say, if you're beating Jalen Ramsey play after play, it is worth noticing. Uh, Again, this comes down to how cheap he is here. If he can get you close to 10 DraftKings points, he's going to smash value. Hopefully, we can get him at lower ownership. I don't know if we will at this price tag here, but hopefully people go to Waller. Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, and just forget about Hunter Renfro. In that case, I even want more of them. And that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. I really do appreciate that. Again, make sure you smash that like button, smash the subscribe button. Pat and his team are going to have football content coming out all season long, Monday through Sunday. You don't want to miss out on any of that. Again, if you want to sign up for prize picks as well, make sure you use code MMN upon sign up. For up to a $100 match deposit. I hope you had a beautiful Sunday. Let's keep it rolling into Monday as well. I'm out of here.
1: Welcome in everybody to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. The recap show. This is our week one recap. Talking about all of the fun games that we had on Sunday. And my goodness... I don't think I could have asked for a better week one coming into 2021. This was, it was absolutely insane. But first and foremost, everybody, you know, I'm going to lead off with this. We are presented by PrizePix. So go to PrizePicks.com if you haven't signed up already. Uh, Not too late. Go do it now. Use that promo code MMN because you get your deposit up to $100 matched. And it's been a busy, busy weekend. It's been a busy day, like super busy day. So in order to help me talk about, all of these games, all of the action and all of the weirdness that happened is my buddy Laquan, Laquan Jones. Thank you. I love you. Hearts and, and kissy faces What's going emojis. on?
2: What a week. You know. What a week one. It's in the books. A lot of great games, a lot of surprises, a lot of drama, <laughs> a lot yes. of fantasy drama. <laughs>
1: yes. You know, like a lot of my girlfriends and some and actually girlfriends and guy friends are like, oh, my God, I love The Bachelorette. I love Survivor. I'm like, I love football because it has everything. It is a reality dramatic type of thing all day it, it, it's an all-day affair and it was absolutely crazy but before we get into kind of the fun stuff that happened there were some injuries that are pretty key that happened mm-hmm. this weekend and first and foremost uh jerry judy suffered a high ankle sprain oh. that sucks but yeah. the x-rays did come back negative so there is some silver lining to that news which is a good thing um, but it looked really bad uh, Deontay Johnson also went down and then he went to the medical tent early and then he like miraculously came back in and scored yeah. a touchdown that was yeah. a sigh of relief thank Ooh. goodness and yeah and OBJ was inactive even though mm-hmm. all systems were pointing to him starting and he did not and that was quite a game which we'll touch on a little bit later what am I missing Laquan because I feel like my eyeballs are bleeding and my brain is coming out of my ears today <laughs> what, what did I miss on the injury? Um,
2: I'm going to add in the healthy scratches that we had this morning with, with right? Zach Moss Zach Moss out for no apparent reason and Trey Herman. That was just nuts. I didn't know why they were healthy scratches. And I mean, the replacements picked up. We had Moster go out in the first quarter as well with a knee oh. injury. Yeah. yeah, sidelined him for the rest of the game. So, you know, hasty and most importantly, Elijah Mitchell stepped up, was able to showcase his talent as well, putting up big points on the board for a lot of fantasy managers.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot about that Mostert one. Um, that was breath that was awful because i i did a live q a this morning for mayo media network presented by price picks promo code mmn and uh it was when we heard about the Trey lance news because everyone's telling me in the chats it was like oh my gosh fire up raheem mostert yes the -hmm. cherub started singing the sunshine came out made it even hotter than it is already in florida but you know what i won't complain and uh and then no and then raheem mostert goes out and uh i mean i don't think he understands that you don't have to like Run through human beings.
2: Yeah, it's. But he does protect your body at this point because you have terrible injury history. No, it's just like Debo Samuel. He's another guy that you know. (gasps) He's just very dangerous. He just runs straight towards the linebacker. Like protect your body, man. But he also Mm -hmm. had a great game, though. I definitely want to mention that before we get too much into the fantasy guys.
1: I totally do and I was trying to be super nice y'all to our producer because I was like, oh, we're gonna talk about the games we're gonna kind of go in order from what's on the website and I'm lying. I'm a fraud. I'm full of lies. <laughs> so we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into that game because that yeah. was uh, pretty exciting and I don't for anyone who doesn't know me, I am by default like a proxy uh, lions fan, although it is in protest because I don't like the Rams and oh, then, my, so yeah. the, where this goes, I know you have we're Rams. I'm so gonna be because going that's on? why I'm that's why I'm being honest with you, Laquan. I will not I will not hold your Ram, your Ram fandom against you. <laughs> See, this is how that works, right? So that. um Jared Goff then going to the Lions and then Matt Stafford, my favorite person, going to the Rams. I'm really kerfuffled about that whole situation. I don't like it. But you know what? I was I was like impressed as seems a little hard word for me to use. It's yeah. a little bit too much, but I was. I was impressed with how well they tried to come back and pull a Matt Stafford fourth quarter comeback, which they could not do, by the way, because Jared Goff is not Matt Stafford, just so you know. Yeah,
2: I don't think he has that. So,
1: you know, and I'm super excited to see him play tonight, even though he is in Rams. But I will overlook I will overlook that. But let's like jump right into that game, because we had a lot of injuries like you were talking about Raheem Mostert was out. Trey Lance was a scratch, which was awful. We had the, uh, that helps no one people score touchdowns like Elijah Mitchell and Jemichael Hasty, who did have a few productive games last year because of injury. Um, yeah. And TJ Hawkinson. Hi. <laughs> he's
2: he's, he's a really
1: good tight end. Yes. He ended
2: up finding the end zone. That was very, you know, warming to see that he's doing exactly what we thought was going to be happening all offseason. We've been talking about it. He definitely was the best pass catcher out there
1: Mm -hmm. whoa hold on pause (laughs) sorry about that um so a commercial just went in through my earbuds so i was learning (laughs) about covergirl vegan um makeup which it does not help us for what we're going on here anyway yes (laughs) Hawkinson is amazing. Sorry about that. This is what happens when you have AirPods in and um, ESPN decides to play commercials. It's very irritating. <laughs> but on the other side of the ball there, um, Debo Samuel, okay? Like yeah. also someone who like likes to run through human beings instead of around or whatever. Around, yeah. <laughs> crushed it today. Absolutely yep. crushed it. And what I found really interesting is that he still managed to be super successful with both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Like they did the whole alternating back and forth yeah. and it worked maybe because it was against the lions but i'm just saying there <laughs> did have this mad scientist look did have some kind of a a thing to it what do you think yeah. about it?
2: now debo samuel thing. has always been the guy that i've been targeting later in rounds because wonder boy and brandon Ayuk didn't show up apparently he was dealing with the slight hamstring injury before the game but he just was not present he just wasn't present the entire game and it's kind of been a thing where Debo Samuel Kittle both on the field where Ayuk doesn't really show up he doesn't become that big target that we all seen last season finishing up the back half because again Debo Samuel and Kittle were hurt so it's kind of like Debo was doing exactly what we expected Debo to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. It, but I hope it lasts because Debo is one of those. I, I don't like the word injury prone. I don't like he that. does take care of
2: his body. No, doesn't take care of his body. He no, take care it, of his body.
1: no <laughs> it's 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 very it's very it's very upsetting. So that I really liked that coming from the Lions, and then just on the running back side, really quick, because I have been telling a lot of people not to fade DeAndre Swift, to just to be careful and to temper your like, expectations. Cautious. Yeah. And uh, I he and Jamal Williams both had a very productive day, which I yes, thought was. Awesome, because I like both of those players so much. So if both of them can be fantasy productive moving forward, I'm really cool with that option and not being worried about one or the other. What do you think about that?
2: I love it. I love that they were both equally used in the passing game and in the running game. I mean, Jamal Williams was basically out there doing everything he could to be the starter running back. Swift limited, even still popped off 24.4 fantasy points to Jamal Williams 25 even. Points. So I definitely think PPR formats, they both can coexist. This is probably like the Kmart slash Walmart version of Nick Chubb (laughs) and Kareem Hunt, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I definitely love it. I'd love that they both can coexist in that offense. And again, there's not many wide receiver pass catchers there that will take the targets away from the two. So I'm full sending both of them.
1: I like it. So let's move on to a different game here. Another one that stood out to me really, really hardcore and not for its awesomeness sorry Eagles fans this is nothing to do with y'all <laughs> but where did the Falcons go did they know they had a game today no. Like no nope. nothing nothing oh what what I is they happening stayed home. they stayed home they did they did or they were like zombies and and like slept walk through that entire thing there Overall, was hardly any offense it yeah. was terrible
2: Matt Ryan did not look good honestly he did not look great in decision making and I think we're starting to see the effects of no Julio Jones and Ridley is still a baller. Ridley still was out there catching everything thrown to him, basically doing everything we expected. But overall, Matt Ryan did not look good. Kyle Pitts was very underwhelming, of course, being that, you know, he's a rookie, he's a tight end. We have to start looking at him as a tight end he had the very underwhelming stats of a rookie tight end so it is what it is but I definitely think the biggest factor the biggest miss here is Russell Gage he was non-existent
1: I know
2: non-existent he was not there it was just very it was very disappointing for that entire offense and hopefully moving forward something changes
1: Yeah, I agree with you, but that that it was very depressing because there's a lot of fantasy opportunity there if they can gel and click and get this moving forward. Uh, One of my really good friends is a Falcons fan and he was at our house watching the game and he was just sulking inside. And he literally (laughs) did not talk to anybody until it was time to leave. And he he, Yeah, until it was time to leave. And he said bye. I was like, oh, bye. It was very sad. It was very sad. But then on the other side of the ball, we had Eagles fans at our house as well. And of course, all they do is complain. You know, again, no offense, Eagles fans, but it's like, oh, we suck so much. And they ended up coming away with the win 32 to six. I thought Jalen Hurts looked fantastic. So this was, this was great.
2: Yeah. On the ground, through the air, he looked great. I mean, the connection with him and Smith is looking like something beautiful waiting to happen. I definitely think, you know, Dallas Goddard went out there and did his thing as well. Zach Ertz, something to note with that tight end situation. Zach Ertz kind of wasn't there either with very little Mm -hmm. targets very little volume and Dallas Goddard just kind of walking away with that tight end one position. So that's definitely something worth noting.
1: Yeah. And I am curious because I've heard a lot of analysts fading Dallas Goddard and I don't know why, because he did really well (laughs) with Jalen hurts when he was starting last season. So I did not, I don't understand that. And I still don't get it because I love Dallas Goddard. And uh, I think that he is a great tight end starting for you, because Jalen Hurts yes. obviously trusts him, and I think that's great moving forward. I'm going to touch on two quick games here, Laquan, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to have the floor, my friend. <laughs> but one another, another one that really stood out to me here, which on paper was kind of like, but the Bengals and the Vikings. Okay, oh God, that overtime. was our that was our overtime game, yeah. and like. Uh, Joey Burrow, welcome back to the NFL. We missed you, my friend. And he managed to make not only Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins both fantasy relevant, which was pretty awesome. And Joe Mixon even got involved. This looks like a a completely different kind of offense from the Bengals than we've seen in the past. And I mean they they won actually yeah they did right they beat the vikings i yeah. forgot about that there was like some weird kind of situation with turnovers there in the overtime which was yeah kind of absolutely <laughs> nuts um but again that's kind of like free fantasy points there but they did get the win over the vikings yep. it just seems like there's some good chi going on there in Cincinnati yep. which i absolutely absolutely good love vibes. let yeah and uh I'm going to move on to a next game unless you want to say something. If not, I'm really bossy and I'm just going to.
2: No, I mean, we can move on. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It was a very good game. Overtime. Boom.
1: Boop. (laughs) I'm so Alexis from Schitt's Creek. Can you tell I stood up till 2 a.m. Watching this last night? Probably. Mm. So. The last one I want to bring up is uh, I was really looking forward to this game and it's the Jets Panthers with that huge revenge matchup yeah. with Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson going up against the Jets. No. This was a really fun game. And in fact, all of these games were fun, except for the Falcons game. That was not fun to watch. No. I, mean, I didn't because I watched the red zone and ergo, <laughs> I didn't see any of the Falcons game except young way <laughs> who did a great job. Other than that, I, mean, I just no. know the Eagles did well and, yeah. I don't know where the Falcons went, uh, but this game was very exciting. I loved watching every single minute of it because it was kind of like return of Sam Darnold and he gets to get in there and kind of be like, I am actually a good quarterback. And he connected yeah. with Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. He didn't find the end zone, but I think he scored like 3000 fantasy points.
2: <laughs> he did Welcome back
1: to the NFL as well, my friend, it was <laughs> absolutely awesome arms. to see. Yeah. And then yeah. Zach Wilson did great. Yeah. I understand they didn't win, but he still he looked poised and he was getting crushed like he was literally getting flattened. So yeah. I feel really bad for him. that his cute, adorable Abercrombie and Fitch face <laughs> still there, still intact, all teeth in place. But I think he did really well, too. And he found that connection with Corey Davis, which I've been, you know, pounding yeah. the ground for because I love that connection. And it, it was good. It was a good game. There's a lot of promise there with Robert Sala and, and Zach Wilson there.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the only loser out of this was Elijah Moore. I definitely think it was like rookie jitters and Zach Wilson had a slow start. So I think by the time the game, it was a little tied up, things were, you know, shifting to where, you know, Corey Davis was just hot, everything was just hitting and then Corey Davis scores. So it was just like Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson was just making safe decisions. And I think that definitely helped out for him to finish with at least twenty-two fantasy points. So it was actually good to see Sam Darnold get his revenge and had the connection with Robbie Anderson downfield, like we always knew they yeah. already had. So that was just it was a it was a good game. It was definitely heartwarming that you know Sam Darnold's putting that stamp out there. The Adam Gates curse is gone, so he's able to step up. <laughs>
1: It's so true though. It's so true. I loved it. Yeah. All right. So are there any other games like from that one o'clock slate that you wanted to chit-chatter about before mm-hmm. we move on to our afternoon slate of games, more specifically, the thrashing mm-hmm. that the Saints I, put I on do, the Packers. I
2: do want to mention because <laughs> <laughs> I really right. want to talk about that. I do want to mention real quick. Joe Mixon had a hundred yards on the ground today. Workhorse season is on the way. I'm telling sure. you. I'm telling you. He had I'm not yards buying game. it. Not
1: buying it. It's cheap. Not buying it. Not buying it. It is cheap. You're <laughs> I should just because it's so cheap. Oh, it's I do un-clarish. love a good sale. I do love a good. Although Joe Mixon is probably not on sale now because of that game, but I'm I, I'll believe it first when time. I see it. This is year five. Step it up, my friend. It, oh. It's about time. But I don't believe it. I'm not getting behind it. This is going to be a pass first game. I think he'll do well, but I don't think it's going to be like the second coming of hey, McCaffrey. It's Joe coming.
2: I'm chugging for it. Mixon season. <laughs>
1: no. No, no, no mixing season. Okay, let's, can we talk about the Saints yet? Because I'm really excited yes, to talk about the Saints. let's
2: do it. Let's do hey! it.
1: <laughs> okay, I said on the show that mm-hmm. I had a bold prediction that Jameis Winston was not going to throw a touchdown, or I'm sorry, it's interception touchdown, that would be sad, was not going to go was throw an interception for the first four weeks. I remember that. And technically, he still did not, because no. his one interception was called back because of roughing the passer, which... Yeah was not really roughing the pass. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah. Yeah. They if you, that. yeah. <laughs> if you look up how to properly tackle in the NFL, you will see a shot of that tackle on Jameis Winston. It was yeah. clean. It was a hard hit, but it, it was perfect. But I still get my pride of maybe waiting three more weeks for that interception. So I can <laughs> make my, he was, prediction very, he come was very
2: cautious. I'm going to say that when he was yes. aggressive downfield, it was spot on. Like, that's the thing. All his deep shots were spot on and they ended up either in touchdowns or a really good passing play. That was like 15 plus yards. And I definitely think Winston balling out today, with five touchdowns. He's putting all the haters on notice. We knew he can do this. We knew he can air the ball out. So I definitely think Sean Payne is tapping into Winston's abilities and using him the correct way. It's not a Bruce Arians, you know, air raid aggressive downfield where you throw the ball 57 times. Jameis Winston is making great decisions and making those decisions downfield where they end up being points on the board. And that's exactly what we saw today out of Sean Payton and Winston.
1: Yeah. And Alvin Kamara looked great, too. So, there's, you know, people are always worried about Alvin Kamara with this change of quarterback without Drew Brees. He looked fantastic. Um, And then the the Jawan Johnson situation. So last year he was a wide receiver. But This year, he's a tight end, and apparently yes. he is, is really good at the position, and Jameis Winston really likes him. He scored two yes. touchdowns. Is that week one craziness, or is that someone that we should be running to the waiver wire to look to stash and possibly stream?
2: With him being a tight end, I'm stashing, honestly. I like agree. he comes because we have to remember Winston loved Cameron Brake when he was with the Tampa yes. Bay Bucks. And it was annoying because OJ Howe was there, but we're like, why is Cameron Brake getting so many targets? It's like, what's going on? This could literally be Cameron Brake 2.0. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to stash him on the waiver 100%.
1: I like that. And Winston is one of those quarterbacks that when he makes a connection with a wide receiver or a tight end, any pass catcher, he's going to find them and he is going to target them. So that to me says volume. So I really like that for Juwan Johnson, which is crazy. We now have a new tight end in the mix that nobody was ever talking about because we didn't know he was a tight end. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, Danny Amendola, he signed... On Wednesday, I, it, it was like, oh, my God, Danny. It's like a really good <laughs> friend I haven't seen in forever. Making plays. That was crazy. That whole <laughs> game was nuts. I absolutely loved it. Let's touch on that one.
2: He, The thing is, it's like he can always ball. Like, he's one of those players that he signs and he just picks up the, the playbook and just balls out. I definitely think, you know, Danny and Dolan was a great signing. Definitely a great weapon.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, okay, back to the Packers and Saints because I am using my phone now to check my scores so that the website doesn't yell at me and telling me about skincare because <laughs> apparently it's trying to tell me something. My skin is fine. Cover Girl, leave me be. Oh, I can't with all the pressure. But what happened to Aaron Rodgers? Like, where did he go? Is he still in Hawaii with Shailene Woodley? Because that is really messed up.
2: He's making a statement. It's I think he's terrible. doing it on purpose. I think he's doing it on purpose. I think so. He was so disinterested.
1: Muy caliente, it. Laquan. Splain yourself, sir. I think he sir. did it on
2: purpose. It was just sad to watch because there was a lot of a lot of decisions he was making. There was the one interception where he didn't even like flinch. Like his facial expression was like, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> like okay, sure, whatever. And then the wall, the one ball that Adams dropped. Like, he showed some emotion, but he didn't want Adams to be the beneficiary of the fall of that play. He kind of just was like, oh, like, what's going on with you, man? Like, I know what's Mm -hmm. going on with me, but what's going on with you? (laughs) I know what my problem
1: is. (laughs) I don't know what your problem is. I know
2: you're in the middle of a contract as well, but I'm trying to get you paid. But I definitely think Aaron Rodgers had an off game. It was not his best. It wasn't anything that he could do, honestly. it just the receivers weren't getting open receivers were dropping passes. It was just ugly. It was very, yeah. it was,
1: it was so gross. He had, I'm just going to check my stats here. He went uh, 28 attempts. Let's see. 15 completions from Aaron Rodgers. Like what? And it was 133 yards and two interceptions, two interceptions against 30 for 30 Jameis Winston, who did not throw one. That was was so weird. And three three points
2: points. or something. That was that
1: is such that is so true. Oh my god, that is like a really that's,
2: a <laughs> that's really like spot one. on stats it right totally there. totally is for Marcus Mariota like three years ago. Oh disgusting. my god,
1: I love that. Um, what did you think about Trevor Lawrence and his debut?
2: Uh, I was very annoyed the first half, it was uh slightly disappointing because Urban Meyer was doing a lot of things that were annoying a lot of fantasy managers, college stuff. Of, oh, yeah, a lot of college <laughs> stuff going on, but. More more likely, Trevor Lawrence cleaned up. He cleaned up well. Uh, Marvin Jones ended up finding the end zone, charred twice, I believe. And I think he was able to spread the ball around. LaVisca, Chenault didn't have too much of a big game, but he served his purpose to stretch the field, you know, play diversions, pass blocking, et cetera, et cetera. So I definitely think uh, Lawrence cleaned up in the back half. But more importantly, I want to touch on that running back situation real quick. Like what was going on? How many I don't know. was a smash on James Robson? going crazy on the worst defense in the league. It it was depressing. Depressing to see that Carlos Hyde was splitting the same amount of carries as him. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, and, like, so James Robinson was one of my, like, smash auto starts. Like, don't worry about him because he's going to be your safety security blanket. And it just made me into a liar. And I don't like to – I mean, (laughs) I will lie on on purpose – (laughs) But thank you for making me look like an absolute idiot. So appreciate you, not at all, Urban Meyer. That was very disappointing with that running back room. I agree with you. Um, I'm worried that this is going to be a trend. I know it's only week one, and week one is always weird. But that is something I'm going to be keeping my eye on with that running back room. If it's going to be that true, true committee, I think
2: it is, Urban Meyer, and that's scary. Have that relationship. Mm, They have a prior relationship. Carlos Hyde is still a good running back. I don't I don't think people realize that. He's only, what, one season removed from a thousand yards with the Texans. I think it's we true. kinda should've should have felt this coming, but
1: yeah, I, I think it was more just the age of Carlos Hyde. It's like the the Frank Gore esque, like he never yeah, goes away. He's the but <laughs>
2: exactly, it's he,
1: so fantasy annoying. Like I don't like fantasy annoying players. Like I like <laughs> Carlos Hyde because I think he's super cool, but I don't like fantasy annoyance. That worries me, and I and that I cannot give. Just wait until
2: Duke Johnson gets involved.
1: If, as long as Duke Johnson is not on the same team That's as David sweet. Johnson and my life is ruined with all the D Johnsons and then like somehow they all end up with Deontay Johnson on the same, then I'm fine. <laughs> then I'm absolutely fine.
2: This is you know, and doing. all the
1: Williams, all the Will- Jay Williamses, they yeah. need to be on different teams as well <laughs> just to make my life a little bit, a little bit easier. Okay, so speaking of rookie quarterbacks, what about Mac Jones? That was an interesting mm. debut from him Return as well. turn on the Mac.
2: He I know. Good. He looked good. I definitely think, you know, he stepped up. He was able to target Henry. He was able to target Smith. They didn't have really big gains, but overall, I think they were serving their purpose. Jacoby Myers had me a little upset dropping two passes, but he should have had a better game as well. But I think moving forward, that running game, I think Matt can lean on. Harris looked amazing. So I definitely think, you know, Stevenson, he came in first snap, fumbled the ball. That was very unfortunate, but... It's a rookie, first game, you know, week one. Let's not overreact. I think that running game is strong, and with a strong running game, Mac Jones can be able to do anything. The sky's the limit.
1: Yeah, he looked very calm. He looked very poised, very yeah. old soul. He, he didn't also even want the with- first
2: touchdown. He didn't even want the ball. He's like, don't yeah. get it to me. Like, yeah, like, That's it's good. That's, that's the attitude I want from my quarterback, honestly.
1: He's so Bill Belichick. Like, he, he really is. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's so very Bill Belichick. But he yeah. also connected with James White on a deep pass, mm-hmm. too, which was pretty yeah. awesome. So, it looks like he's going to be – incorporating a lot of that those weapons that are around him but what really made sense to me is that those running backs still had their own very solid identity and there wasn't a lot of crossover which I never really liked okay one last game I do want to touch on here before I allow you to speak (laughs) is I want to talk about this Browns Chiefs game
2: yes what
1: oh my gosh like okay Baker. the Bra- everyone should blame baker the, but the browns are wow. for real it was a really really good game yeah. and the browns had a 15 to 3 lead going into the second quarter and you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to do as Patrick Mahomes does. And he got Travis Kelsey involved, Tyreek Hill involved, obviously Clyde edwards O'Leary was involved and they ended up coming back. And then this went down all the way to the bitter, bitter end. Kareem Hunt busts off like a 22 yard run for the first down. They're looking at a minute 30 left to go. And then Baker Mayfield's like, ah, and then "Ah, throw it away.
2: (laughs) Apparently he was trying to throw the ball over the receiver, but. Yeah, that didn't happen.
1: That's what I think about that.
2: <laughs> that was terrible. That was such a terrible throw.
1: It he was so unnecessary, too.
2: though. It was just like, oh, man, just just throw it to the ground or something. Like, over, but, ugh, I don't know. Do as,
1: as big as the mistake was, obviously, this was the game losing mistake. Yeah. What they showed throughout that entire game, they're legit. Uh, I'm I'm acting like I had this ginormous party. In don't house, need Odell like, Beckham. I'm, well, hey, you. <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> he was inactive. Okay. Ugh, whatever.
2: Surprise. I surprise.
1: I know it's true. But one game, one game I'll be able to rub it in your face. One of these days I'll be able to do it, but yeah, uh, whatever. But they, they're legit. They are for real. And uh, another friend at our house is a huge dealers fan. So of course he did not like this game at all because no. the Browns looked legit and that's just one mistake. Granted it was a big one, but I didn't see many other mistakes from Baker Mayfield throughout that game. In fact, their first, three and out, was in the fourth quarter. And that was the first time the kid had ever punted that game in the NFL, and he dropped it. I mean, like, what do you yeah. expect? There's a lot of pressure on this kid. That's how good this game was. Very few mistakes. It was powerhouse offense on both sides, and the defense was stepping up to the ball. That was my favorite game of this entire Sunday yes. afternoon.
2: Yes, One it was three. electric.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy.
2: I really wish they would have came out the win, but they did not, so – it's, it seems like
1: they're cursed. It's like the Chargers curse or something.
2: Let's get into that game. Chargers versus Washington.
1: Can we can we not? Um, because I I don't like how that went down. Because I love Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> Herbert, and struggle.
2: Yeah. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is <gasps> serious hip hip injury. No time frame on how long it's going to be out, but that was very unfortunate. But mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke showed up. He was able. He was able to target Terry McLaurin the first half. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin had zero targets, but as soon as Heineke came in stuff started flowing so I definitely feel hopeful for that offense moving forward Gibson he had some jitters where he had a fumble Mm -hmm. and he was looking electric but then slowed down after a while and JD McKisson was not involved as much as we thought he would be involved but hey it is what it is but on the charger side of the ball Herbert did struggle a little and I'm not too surprised because Washington's defense in their secondary was playing lights out last season so I think that was carrying over to this season, but I also want to shout out Mike Williams, you know, proving me wrong. He had a huge game. He was ending up showing up, showing out on the end zone. And I don't know, man, it's just a different swagger with him. So hopefully he can get more than 49 catches this year.
1: They actually moved him a little. I think that I think it was Mike Williams. They moved him into the slot this year, as opposed yeah. to playing like just primarily out wide. They moved him into the slot to get him more involved because he is such a, a beast of a human being. He's gigantic, yeah. and he's another one that like just makes these acrobatic catches. And he's like, oh, I yeah. have no care about my body, break my ribs, and <laughs> I'll land and on my neck. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, whoops, you know, ouch, I, I broke every bone in my body. But he okay. is. He plays. He plays balls to the wall. He's absolutely great. And on a serious note. Um I need to apologize to everybody that I said to play Justin Herbert. I had a lot of faith in him. I did too. I was- I was really wrong. And I am so sorry that I did he that. Struggled. I yeah. yeah, he was bad. So I I apologize from the depths of my soul. Um, I did get some other ones right, which I was really happy about. Because <laughs> I made me feel a little bit better when I watched a Herbert crash and burn. But if it makes anyone feel better who did start Justin Herbert over Jalen Hurts, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I also started Justin Herbert. So fear not, we shall be in this pain together. Yes. <laughs> yeah fantasy football is so much fun
2: no it's okay. not it's painful
1: oh it's hard right it's, yeah. it's it's impossibly hard so did I miss anything here Laquan
2: I probably um, did it's
1: likely highly likely
2: Cardinals did we talk Cardinals
1: I don't think we talk Cardinals tight Christian course
2: Kirk- yeah, yeah. Wait, where have you what been
1: you hi yeah. Hello, yeah. <laughs> 2017 called. They, yeah. Where were you?
2: <laughs> his, his his league exposure is at 20 percent right now. I'm pretty sure by the end of the week it'll be high 55 percent.
1: Huge waiver wire, darling.
2: Yeah, he showed up today, and it was it was likely that he was going to show up. At AJ Green it was very underwhelming. He had like four for six, and it was not big yard. But you know, it's week one. No overreaction. I'm still pumping for AJ Green, but D Hop making some circus catches as usual. He is yeah. just amazing kyler looking good but let's touch on the running backs real quick as well chase edmonds was out there balling but james connor is a little too much involved this is what's probably like pulling me back pumping the brakes on chase edmonds they both had great games they both were strong runners i definitely think you know james connor's usage in the red zone is a little uncomfortable as chase edmonds is a lot of people's rb2s so that's uh where i'm like pulling back a little bit on the hype train for chase edmonds because James Conner was just used way too many times in the red zone where he could take a lot of touches that turned into touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I hear you on that. Um, and for the Cardinals defense, they really stepped up to the plate and they <laughs> Taylor just Jones. What? And Why? like, and JJ Watt. Yes. Yeah. JJ Watt. He's still, so, there was this one play that Derrick Henry, JJ Watt got him like by the, by his aura and like yeah. just <laughs> tackled him. Right. Like right when they were in the end zone and he literally yeah. saved a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill did end up running in the football, but It was, they stopped Derrick Henry. He was not as overwhelming as we really wanted him to be. They bottled up Julio Jones and they made life hard for Ryan Tannehill. It says a lot about their, about their defense, which that was the thing that most surprised me out of that matchup was how well they stuffed them.
2: They had Julio off of his game as well. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that, played into the lack of chemistry he has with Tannehill because some of the drops he had were just like man they hit you in the hands what's going on Mm -hmm. so I think it was more so a timing issue with him and Tannehill which I think will improve throughout the season because again it's week one I'm not overreacting over Julio because Julio's still Julio
1: yep and speaking of amazing wide receivers uh, Tyler Lockett (laughs) I love this because the hype has been all around DK Metcalf, right? And when you're looking at those wide receivers, to me, this is like a one a one B situation. And both of those receivers can switch that a and B spot. So when I was in my drafts, I avoided DK Metcalf because they just paid Tyler Lockett a ton of money, but you could also get him way later in the draft. So I went and I targeted Tyler Lockett a lot of places. And I'm very glad that I did Two touchdown day to that guy, as well as Gerald Everett, the tight end getting involved. That was a, deep sleeper tight end that several of us have brought up to be like, keep your eye on that. And sure enough, he found the end zone.
2: Yeah. So hopefully next week he doesn't put up four points, but I definitely get that they could switch at any time. So I think Tyler can made a statement today that I am the wide receiver one because at the half DK Metcalf didn't have a target. So mm-hmm. I think they went into halftime came out. DJ DK ended up starting to get involved, which is good, but that slow start will have me on the rocks. If I'm, paying like wide receiver three, you know, price tag in the, in the drafts.
1: Yeah. And one last game here, speaking of slow starts, and then we'll wrap this up everybody, because we have more football, which is super exciting. (laughs) Um, Speaking of slow starts, uh, Steelers and Bills. Yes.
2: Snooze. Oh, that mean, was
1: the biggest uh, snooze fest I've ever seen in my life. And again, I watched the red zone. So like, not only yeah. did I not see the Cardinals, I'm like, aren't the Steelers and the Bills playing? Because yeah. <laughs> I never saw what was going on. It was like zero to three forever.
2: I was, I'm was. Yeah. i usually excited to watch Josh Allen play, but I was very disappointed with his struggling. And Agreed. T.J. Watt was making huge impact after being paid like a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think that defense was able to basically stop all the rushing attempts that Josh Allen Would usually have and Devin Singletary he actually not impressed me but anything the word that's under that he actually okay press is a little too strong yeah it's a little too much he he did okay so I I definitely think you know Zach Moss being a healthy scratch gave him opportunity to take advantage to be the sole back Matt Breida didn't do a dent to anything not that I thought he would but Singletary actually did okay he did his job didn't suck yeah he did his job today let's just say that he
1: didn't suck. Uh, yeah. Josh
2: Allen, he sucked today. He sucked.
1: Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris was another one that really didn't get a lot of steam going there, yeah. but that was because kind of to be expected with the Steelers offensive line. It's still yeah. a little bit early because um, I know we touched on Deontay Johnson, but he did come back in the game and score a touchdown because he's yeah. the target so monster. I, I think with
2: Harris, though, what we liked was the volume. He he oh, yeah. had majority of the snaps. Yep. He had, you know, most of the carries, if not all the carries. So I definitely think that's promising going forward <laughs> to, to, to know that. He's going to be great in the future
1: mm, absolutely absolutely all right well um i think that's it for me recapping our yeah. sunday fun day mm-hmm. and it sunday was it really day. was it was you know what i think next sunday shirt is going to say sunday fun day because i don't have one this one <laughs> is to a get game day too. shirt i know this is my game day shirt i've been sweating in all day in florida heat Ugh. but We have still more to come. Our buddy Griff is going to break down the Monday night fantasy preview for you. Prize picks, DFS, tons of stuff left to come from Griff. This was Laquan and and Lauren right over here recapping your Sunday. It was an amazing week one. Everybody, don't forget, follow us on the twitter machine follow us on facebook um actually are we on facebook i don't think we are you can follow me on facebook though stepmom lauren i'm on facebook i put all of our stuff out here so make sure you follow us subscribe to us on youtube that's (laughs) mayo media network we got everything we have something coming out i think every single day of the week just for you guys and that includes waivers that includes your dfs that includes price picks so many things also don't forget to make sure for week two, keep in mind that 7-Eleven challenge on your five over-unders for $7.11. If you're not in that 7-Eleven challenge, boo, I'm going to be talking about the leaderboard on Monday, which is tomorrow, today, whenever it is you're watching this show. Make sure you're subscribed to us, Mayo media Network on YouTube. You can follow me at Stepmom Lauren LaQuan. Where can they find you, my friend?
2: At Real Deal Fantasy on Twitter and everywhere else on social media platforms
1: let's go happy week one football is here and I'm never gonna bench Jameis Winston again (laughs) ever (laughs) bye